Hello everyone and welcome to the Mimetic Exegete podcast. I'm your host, Simon Skidmore. In this series we have been studying the book of Isaiah, which begins by condemning the exploitation of the poor and marginalised. We then read the oracles to the nations, which foretells the destruction of Israel's and its ancient Near Eastern neighbours. Today, we continue reading from chapter 25, verse 1, which offers hope for Israel's restoration. O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name. For you have done wonderful things, plans formed of old, faithful and sure. For you have made the city a heap, the fortified city a ruin. The foreigner's palace is a city no more. It will never be rebuilt. Therefore, strong peoples will glorify you. Cities of ruthless nations will fear you. For you have been a stronghold to the poor, a stronghold to the needy in his distress, a shelter from the storm and a shade from the heat. For the breath of the ruthless is like a storm against a wall, like heat in a dry place. You subdue the noise of the foreigners, as heat by the shade of a cloud, so the song of the ruthless is put down. On this mountain the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well refined. And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all the nations, he will swallow up forever. And the Lord will wipe away tears from all faces and the reproach of his people he will take away from the earth, for the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him that he might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. For the hand of the Lord will rest upon his mountain, and Moab shall be trampled down in his place, as straw is trampled down in a dunghill. And he will spread out his hands in the midst of it, as a swimmer spreads out his hands to swim. But the Lord will lay low his pompous pride together with the skill of his hands. And the high fortifications of his walls he will bring down, lay low and cast to the ground, to the dust. In that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. He sets up salvations as walls and bulwarks. Open the gates that the righteous nation that keeps faith may enter in. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. For he has humbled the inhabitants of the heights, the lofty city. He lays it low, lays it low to the ground, casts it to the dust. The foot tramples it, the feet of the poor, the steps of the needy. The path of the righteous is level. You make level the way of the righteous. The path of your judgments, O Lord, we wait for you. Your name and remembrance are the desire of our soul. My soul yearns for you in the night. My spirit within me earnestly seeks you. For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. If favour is shown to the wicked, he does not learn righteousness. In the land of uprightness, he deals corruptly and does not see the majesty of the Lord. O Lord, your hand is lifted up, but they do not see it. Let them see your zeal for your people and be ashamed. Let the fire of your adversities consume them. 
O Lord, you will ordain peace for us, for you have indeed done for us all our works. O Lord our God, other lords beside you have ruled over us, but your name alone we bring to remembrance. They are dead. They will not live. They are shades. They will not arise. To that end you have visited them with destruction and wiped out all remembrance of them. But you have increased the nation, O Lord. You have increased the nation. You are glorified. You have enlarged all the borders of the land. O Lord, in distress they sought you. They poured out a whispered prayer when your discipline was upon them. Like a pregnant woman who writhes and cries out in her pangs when she is near to giving birth, so were we because of you, O Lord. We were pregnant, we writhed, but we have given birth to wind. We have accomplished no deliverance in the earth, and the inhabitants of the world have not fallen. Your dead shall live, their bodies shall rise. You who dwell in the dust, awake and sing for joy, for your Jew is a Jew of light. And the earth will give birth to the dead. Come, my peoples, enter into your chambers and shut the doors behind you. Hide yourself for a little while until the fury has passed by. For behold, the Lord is coming out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity, and the earth will disclose the blood shed on it and will no more cover its slain. With their enemies destroyed, Israel is finally restored. Unlike the Lord's people who, although they die, will be raised to life, these enemies of the Lord will die forevermore and never come back to life. No longer are the poor marginalized and oppressed, but the country has become their sanctuary and stronghold. This transformation is credited to the Lord who exalts the humble and destroys the proud and haughty. Those who place their faith in the Lord experience his peace, that is complete health and satisfaction in the realms of life. Even though they die, they will rise again to life. So we see this theme here that no matter how hopeless everything gets, no matter how it looks like Israel as a nation is finished, the Lord will once again breathe life into them and restore them. Having forsaken their mimetic idols, these people focus upon their desire for the Lord. Not even just focus, but their heart yearns for him. The Lord is their passion and this relationship and service towards him is their primary reason for existence. The prophet laments that although Israel has suffered and writhed in pain like a woman in labor, they have simply passed wind instead of delivering a baby. Their enemies are not utterly destroyed but continue to pester them. Nevertheless, Isaiah offers hope for a future final day of reckoning, a new Passover on which the Lord destroys the inhabitants of the land while Israel seeks refuge indoors. Reading on now from chapter 27, verse 1. In that day the Lord with his hard, great and strong sword will punish Leviathan, the fleeing serpent, Leviathan, the twisting serpent, and will slay the dragon that is in the sea. In that day a pleasant vineyard, sing of it, I the Lord am its keeper, every moment I water it, lest anyone punish it. I keep it night and day, I have no wrath. Would that I had thorns and briars to battle, I would march against them. I would burn them up forever, or let them lay hold of my protection. Let them make peace with me, let them make peace with me. 
In the days to come, Jacob shall take root. Israel shall blossom and put forth shoots and fill the whole world with fruit. Has he struck them as he struck those who struck them? Or have they been slain as their slayers were slain? Measure by measure, by exile, you contended with them. He removed them with his fierce breath in the day of the east wind. Therefore, by this, the guilt of Jacob will be atoned for, and this will be the full fruit of the removal of his sin, when he makes all the stones of the altars like chalk stones crushed to pieces. No asherim or incense altars will remain there standing. For the fortified city is solitary, a habitation deserted and forsaken, like the wilderness. There the calf grazes. There it lies down and strips its branches. When its boughs are dried, they are broken. Women come and make fire with them. For this is a people without discernment. Therefore, he who made them will not have compassion on them. He who formed them will show them no favor. In that day, from the river Euphrates to the brook of Egypt, the Lord will thresh out the grain, and you will be gleaned one by one, O people of Israel. In that day, a great trumpet will be blown, and those who are lost in the land of Assyria and those who were driven out to the land of Egypt will come and worship the Lord on the holy mountain at Jerusalem. So we have a number of oracles in this passage which are joined together. Verse 1 speaks about this ancient sea serpent Leviathan who represents the ancient chaos with which the Lord wrestles. In context, Leviathan represents the idolatry of the nations, their mimetic desire, and the rivalry which leads to warfare, destruction, and chaos in the land. Isaiah assures the people that the Lord will slay this chaotic sea monster and restore peace and tranquility in the land. This promise then leads into a second oracle in which the Lord addresses Israel as a vineyard. In so doing, this passage returns to the vineyard imagery of chapter 5 to describe Israel's rise and fall. The Lord is not angry with Israel, but he blesses them and causes them to flourish. However, Israel kindle the Lord's anger through their idolatry. In his wrath, the Lord raises up Babylon from the east to purify Israel from its idolatry and sin. Israel will be carried off to exile in Babylon. In this way, Isaiah blames Israel's unfaithfulness as the cause of their exile. At the same time, the prophet places meaning in this devastating event, framing it as an act of atonement which purifies Israel and the land from their sin and impurity. In the third oracle, Isaiah offers hope for restoration as the Israelite captives return home from Syria and Egypt. Reading on now from chapter 28, verse 1, which addresses the fall of northern Israel, who you may recall allied themselves with Syria. Ah, the proud crown of the drunkards of Ephraim, and the fading flower of its glorious beauty, which is on the head of the rich valley of those overcome with wine. Behold, the Lord has one who is mighty and strong, like a storm of hail, a destroying tempest, like a storm of mighty overflowing waters. He cast down to the earth with his hand, the proud crown of the drunkards of Ephraim will be trodden underfoot. 
and the fading flower of its glorious beauty, which is on the head of the rich valley, will be like a first ripe fig before the summer. When someone sees it, he swallows it as soon as it is in his hand. In that day, the Lord of hosts will be a crown of glory and a diadem of beauty to the remnant of his people, and a spirit of justice to him who sits in judgment, and strength to those who turn back the battle at the gate. These also reel with wine and stagger with strong drink. The priest and the prophet reel with strong drink. They are swallowed by wine. They stagger with strong drink. They reel in vision. They stumble in giving judgment. For all tables are full of filthy vomit with no place left. To whom will he teach knowledge and to whom will he explain the message? Those who are weaned from the milk, those who are taken from the breast. For it is precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. For by people of strange lips and with a foreign tongue, the Lord will speak to this people, to whom he has said, This is rest, give rest to the weary, and this is repose. Yet they would not hear. And the word of the Lord will be to them, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little, that they may go and fall backward and be broken and snared and taken. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord, you scoffers who rule this people in Jerusalem, because you have said, we have made a covenant with death and with Sheol, we have an agreement. When the overwhelming whip passes through, it will not come to us, for we have made lies our refuge and in falsehood we have taken shelter. Therefore, says the Lord God, Behold, I am the one who has laid a foundation in Zion, a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone of a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not be in haste, and I will make justice the line and righteousness the plumb line, and the hail will sweep away the refuge of lies, and the waters will overwhelm the shelter. Then your covenant with death will be disannulled, and your agreement with Sheol will not stand. When the overwhelming scourge passes through, you will be trodden down by it. As often as it passes through, it will take you. For morning by morning, it will pass through. By day and by night, it will be sheer terror to understand the message. For the bed is too short to stretch oneself on, and the covering too narrow to wrap oneself in. For the Lord will rise up as on Mount Perizim, as in the valley of Gibeon he will be roused. To do his deed, strange is his deed, and to work his work, alien is his work. Now therefore do not scoff, lest your bonds be made strong. For I have heard a decree of destruction from the Lord God of hosts against the whole land. Give ear and hear my voice. Give attention and hear my speech. Does he who plows for sowing plow continually? Does he continually open and hallow the ground? And when he has leveled its surface, does he not scatter dill, sow cumin, and put in wheat in rows, and barley in its proper place, and emma as the border? For he is rightly instructed, his God teaches him. Dill is not threshed with a threshing sledge, nor is a cartwheel rolled over cumin. But dill is beaten out with a stick and cumin with a rod. Does one crush grain for bread? No, he does not thresh it forever. When he drives his cartwheel over it, with his horses he does not crush it. This also comes from the Lord of hosts. He is wonderful in counsel and excellent in wisdom. 
The rich and proud tribe of Ephraim, symbolized in this passage as a crown which rules over the land, will be brought down and humbled. Intoxicated by their own mimetic rivalry and desire, Ephraim staggers and vomits. Even the vision and direction offered by their prophets and priests are inspired by mimetic desire as they oppress the poor and needy for their own gain. When Isaiah confronts these leaders, they reject his rebuke and question his authority. They are the leaders in Israel, not him. But Isaiah rebukes them as if they were children with his oracles of precept upon precept and line upon line. The prophets and priests are incapable of receiving Isaiah's oracle because mimetic desire and rivalry has hardened their hearts. To these leaders, Isaiah's words are just babble. For this reason, Ephraim will fall backward, be broken, trapped, and ultimately destroyed. The rulers of Jerusalem believe they will never die, boasting they have made a covenant with death and seek shelter in their own lies and deception. But Isaiah likens the Lord's justice to a builder's plumb line as it exposes their wickedness. Their fortress of lies will be destroyed and they will die slowly and painfully at the hand of wave after wave of military attacks inspired by the Lord of mimetic violence. None of Isaiah's contemporaries can imagine Ephraim going down. They just seem so rich, powerful and influential as they rule over the land. But Isaiah assures his readers and listeners that this will come to pass because the Lord of mimetic rivalry has inspired Ephraim to march itself to its own doom. Like a farmer who prepares the ground, sows seed and harvests the crops in due course, the Lord is sowing the seeds of mimetic rivalry and violence in Ephraim to bring about their own destruction. Although this vision may seem inconceivable to Isaiah's audience, he assures them that the Lord is strategically unfolding his will through these acts of violence to bring about his desired plan. Thanks again for joining me on the Mimetic Exegete podcast. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you.